Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where a real statistics professor and his cousin gives you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides. For the latest updates, information, and picks, you can follow me on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my cousin Jared on Twitter at Cousin Jared. This college football episode covers select games from week five of the 2022 season. In case you're new here, I built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread should be for every FBS college football game and information along with each team's power rating and a graded A, B, or C pick either now or coming later for every game is available in the Google Sheet that is linked in the show's description. Goals for this episode? Share key information about this week's games, give you a few things to think on, and explain why certain plays are being made in order for you to come up with picks that you are comfortable with. We never recommend blindly tailing or fading any pick, but rather to hear the justifications and thought processes to make sure you're fully on board with us or against us before investing your hard-earned money. I'm always saying, take what you like and leave the rest. As we go through the plays, remember that there are no locks in gambling, so what I'll give you are loves, likes, and leans to indicate my confidence level with respect to scaling wagers, because Jared will also be utilizing a weighted unit scale for this college football season. And as always, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as we'd like to say it will be profitable each and every week, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Cousin Jared, I, I think you broke even for the week, so... You know, that was respectable. I did. I did break even for the week. And, and, and looking at, at you and Jake, I was very happy with my break even week. Yeah, I feel like, and I, I tweeted about this and, and George, we, I feel like we could have a whole episode devoted to what in the world happened in week four. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was a wild, it was entertaining. Wild, uh, wildly entertaining. Wildly entertaining. I don't know about you. I feel like I got to the end of it and I was just like spent. Exa- like, exhausted I mean, for sure. You had you had the, the Texas, Texas Tech game where Texas massive control of that game and just completely collapsed in the second half, going to you know, didn't think it was gonna be one of regulation and go to overtime. Right. You had, you know, the Tennessee game where uh we thought we had a cover there with the Vols and then that fell apart. The Oregon game where Oregon no no words for that. No, yeah. Game. Yeah. Oregon like should have been up by like thirty early on in that game, you know, uh, had four red zone trips and outscore their opponent by two points in four red zone trips, which seems impossible to do. Uh, dead to rights, then gets the pick six at the end for the dumbest cover ever. And then gives it yeah. back up yeah. <laughs> in a game that like, we should have never, we should have won, but shouldn't have won, but then should have won, but then yeah. shouldn't have won. And I don't even, I mean, it, yeah. I just, yeah, I just, the A&M game, the field goal hitting the top of the goalpost, yeah. which yeah. had, had the goalpost been taller, it would have just hit the goalpost and come right back. But that's still impressive to hit the goalpost like that. Right. I, yeah. I just felt like I got to the end of it. I was like, I don't even know what happened anymore. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just dead at this point. Yeah, exactly. It had everything you could possibly ask for. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, you know, we're already week five now. We're getting to the point of the season where uh, we, we talked about this in the in the discord a little bit. We are now to the point of the season where you can use the transitive property and make a case for literally any team Anything. in any game at this yep. point. And so that's where it starts being harder because you can't just say, well, this team did this to this team because you can spin that any which way. It, it always happens at some point. I think we're about here. That's, of course, where we're going to rely on the model to hopefully synthesize some of this information. Um, again, those uh, power ratings are in the Google Sheet. You can see where it is. Uh, Florida International, we talked about them uh, last week. Kudos to you for being just truly, truly terrible. I, I have nothing yeah. else to say, but congrats on your terribleness. Yeah, that, that I feel like they've taken it to another level. They've won up the ante this year for sure. They really have. Losing Western Kentucky, not a bad team. And I laid the twenty whatever twenty eight with Western Kentucky, and I was like, that's no problem. And you know, but uh, losing seventy three to nothing to a, a mediocre college football team is truly impressive. I mean, it's something. 
it's really something. Um, all right, what's enough about last week? Uh, we got a bunch of games to hit today. Before we get to that, some reminders. Please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free, and if you turn on notifications, and you won't miss any of the college basketball, MLB, or college football content that this channel provides. As a reminder, we've set up a Patreon page for those of you looking to support the show. Membership starts at just $3 per month. But if it's include things like the play of the day, that Discord group we talked about, add free and early access to the shows and early access to those projected spreads, one of which really wouldn't matter. I'm going to talk about it today. One that's already moved over like 900 key numbers, it seems like. We're going to highlight that one later on in this episode. Uh, but we'll get right to all lines courtesy of Bet Online. Sign up, link in the show description. And current as of the time of this recording, we're recording this one uh, Monday morning here. A little bit different than usual. Uh, but we're going to start off with uh, all Saturday games in this episode. First one is Georgia State at Army. Um, model here says Army should be a 13-point favorite. I'm going to grab the 9 with Army, and I'm going to give this an A-grade play. Model thinks the most likely outcomes on this one are 13, and then 14, and then probably 10. So you've got minus 9 gives you a winner on all of those. This Georgia State team, I think, is truly terrible. I watched them play against Coastal Carolina. And they weren't even in the same league as that team. And Coastal Carolina's had some issues this year. Had some issues, yeah. I think this Army team is just going to be way too much for them. I don't think they can stop Army at all. I think Army scores probably every time they touch the ball. Long, slow drives. I think Army just kicks the crap out of them here at home. Um, Not much else to say. Again, (laughs) getting a number less than 10 here I think makes a lot of sense. Again, I think the most likely outcome is 13 to 14. A great play for me on Army. Total of 58. Because, Jared, what do you think? Army kicked the crap out of this team last year. It started getting chippy because the Georgia State players were not not too happy with the cup locks and everything. You know, about the middle of the third quarter into the fourth quarter. You know, after getting you know their butts handed to them all day. Uh, I think Georgia State is better than what their record shows. But what does that really mean <laughs> right. as a Sun Belt team when when maybe you're a little bit better than your zero and four record? I'm not quite sure. Uh, I just I just don't have a good feeling about Army this year. I think they're fine i think they're worse than than some of the past couple years army teams have been and and that just gives me a little bit of pause here so this is something where i may wait i'd be you know if i decide to play army i'd still be comfortable at nine and a half or ten hopefully this doesn't you know after it gets up past tens where i would get get a little hesitation so um i don't have a strong feel one way or the other on, on this game yet but definitely something i'm watching for later in the week and I'd still play it above 10 up until 13. It would just definitely lose a, call, yeah. a letter grade for me. It'd be one where I'd play it at a smaller at a smaller scale. And the right side of right. 10 makes a lot of sense. Obviously, Army's going to kick a lot of touchdowns, get a lot of touchdowns, not kick a lot of field right. goals. Uh, 10, 11's possible, too, because Georgia State can end up kicking a field goal. So as long as you're on right. the right side of some of that, I think it makes a lot more sense as a really confident play. On the other side, like I said, I'd still play it up to 14 because I can still see 14 being very likely. But again, right. a little bit lower confidence if the number gets up out of hand yep. uh, for this one. Also at noon Eastern, Texas Tech at Kansas State. Uh, Sideline here says Kansas State by 9.5 to 10. Kansas State, uh, gosh, we can have a whole show devoted to Kansas State. We could. And Tech, uh, both the, the, I feel like we're right at that point of the college football season where there's just a lot of questions. Um, yeah. Texas Tech, you know, looked very mediocre against NC State. They had all the chances in the world a couple weeks ago to cover, and they couldn't do it. Really took advantage against Texas. I believe they had one of the lowest win expectancies of the season in that game. Really didn't, quote-unquote, deserve to win that game. Um, 
they got it done though. And a, a tech team that we've talked about is potentially, you know, on the rise, probably things are going in the right direction for them. We said the same thing about Kansas state. I think Kansas state hit that rise a little bit sooner than maybe we expected a really frustrating offense all season long. Couldn't get it going, you know, early on in that game. If you heard the broadcaster talk about, they speculated that getting Adrian Martinez on the road might be a good thing. Just getting him out of the home fans, out of the pressure of, you know, kind of coming into to Manhattan, Kansas to be the savior, right? And getting on the road being a good thing for him. And sure enough, I mean, he mm-hmm. looked fantastic. He did. Against Oklahoma. I mean, you know, we we, we, we talked about the, the matchup. We didn't think it would work well for Kansas State, specifically because we were banking on what Kansas State had looked like offensively uh, all season. But the way that Kansas State team looked offensively against Oklahoma, that is the type of team that gives Oklahoma it, problems. It's it, just it, we hadn't seen it. And, and not just what Kansas State had looked like offensively this season, but what Adrian Martinez had looked like throughout his career where he had flashes where he looked great, but then he had a lot of times where just, you know, looked really bad and bad decisions. And, and very rarely being able to put it together for even an entire game where it was right. that sort of thing happened in the same game. It wasn't like, you know, good game, bad game. It was right. like good game, bad game within the same. It was good half, bad half. Yep. Uh, but I mean, he really looked fantastic. The optimism was high on Kansas State this season. We really thought uh, that defense thought if Adrian Martinez could come in and be a competent quarterback, they had a lot. They had a high ceiling and they really showed it off this last weekend. I'm going to lay the seven with Kansas State here in this one. Maybe a little bit of a hangover situation, but in the Big 12 with how good Literally, I've got every team in the Big 12 in the top 50. So there's really shouldn't be such a thing as a hangover at this point in the conference because every single week you have to get up and play. Every team knows this. There's no letdown weeks like you might have in just about every other conference. And so Kansas State's got to get ready to go at this point. You know, they have aspirations of making it to a conference championship game. So I'm not going to buy into this whole like, oh, well, that was their Super Bowl. They beat Oklahoma. They want to come out and win every single game here. Right. I'm going to lay the seven with them. Again, model says it should be 10. It is minus 120, only a B grade pick. I'd really like this a lot more if I could get five and a half or six, but I still think Kansas State's the right side. I just, I think what we saw from Kansas State this last weekend shows what we hoped they could be. Whereas Tech, I just, I, ha- I know they beat Texas and that was a really good win for them. I just still haven't quite been as impressed with Tech as I have been with Kansas State. So that's why I'm on the Wildcats in this one. Total 57 and a half. Because, Jared, what do you have for us? So it sounds like you still have questions about tech and, and yes. you know, you, you feel a little bit more confident about Kansas state. I, I'm the exact opposite, actually. Like mm. I feel like I know what I'm getting from, from tech and, and that's mediocre play and, well, by big 12 st- standards, mediocre play. And it just completely depends on how the bounces go for them, you know, kind of like in the Houston game, kind of like in the Texas game, they get all the breaks that they're, they're going to play close enough to win. If those breaks go the wrong way, they're going to lose. And, and so I feel like they've been fairly steady and it's just been the ball bouncing one way or the other that has been the difference in their, their wins and losses. Whereas Kansas, state i feel the exact opposite what was that against tulane you know what i'm saying they, <laughs> yeah. they, they crush missouri and then they have the game against tulane where it, you know and it's one thing to come out after uh, you know crushing an, an sec team and maybe coming out a little flat the next week but just getting dominated by by tulane yeah. you know not being able to get enough points that was really discouraging and then of course you know who could have seen that coming against oklahoma i i guess i tried to talk myself into that you could have seen that all last yeah. week and i eventually talked myself out of it um yeah. so i just have too many questions about kansas state i have no idea what i'm getting week to week with them and kind of couple that with martinez's history you know he i feel like i want him to succeed but i feel like he's just as likely to come out and have kind of a below average game in this game as he has another good game so to me this is one that i don't want any part of and that's, I think, it's part of why it's only a B-grade pick also on Kansas State is there's a lot of variability involved with Kansas State. I think my take on it is simply that um, 
Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you said maybe better than I did at Texas Tech. We kind of know what they're getting. My questions are just when are they going? I just don't think right, they're there right. yet. Right. Um, and Kansas State, obviously, a lot of up and down. I think at this point, though, I'm just I'm taking the stance. I'm going to buy into. We thought Kansas State would be better. <clears throat> Adrian Martinez was always decent at Nebraska, and what we saw from Adrian Martinez for the against Missouri, which was pathetic, and against Tulane, which was pathetic, was not even decent. Adrian Martinez. So I'm just right. kind of taking the stance of. A little bit of pressure, a little bit of early season working with a new offense, that sort of thing. And I'm going to say, he pro- I don't think yeah. he'll be as good as he was in Norman, but I think that he will at least be able to get back to decent. And we said from the start of the season that if he was just decent, that this Kansas State team would yeah. be pretty frisky, a top five in the Big 12 team. Maybe yeah. if things bounce their way, and they've already got one thing bounced their way, yeah. could be in the hunt for the conference championship. So I could yeah. be wrong on that, but that's just the things I'm taking here with Kansas State. And hopefully... Uh, they do that because we can't say it's good. I think it's fun for college football. Yep. Uh, one other noon game that we are going to cover here in this episode, Kentucky at Ole Miss. This one should be a fantastic one here for the early slate. Ole Miss is a six and a half point favorite. I'm going to lay the six and a half with Ole Miss. Uh, Model loves them, has them uh, ranked up in the top 10. I think Kentucky's solid, uh, but despite their 4-0 record, Kentucky's just had some questions. Uh, their, their signature win being against a Florida team that, you know, up and down and can you know has some moments but a florida team that just isn't quite there yet i I think this mississippi team though is for real uh i've got them here favored by eight and a half so like six and a half is pretty solid here i'd lay seven as well i don't think i'd lay seven and a half but at seven i still think it's fine uh got that push protection there but at six and a half i just think Ole miss is the better team here i think they can get it done uh this is your conference here cousin jared so i'll let you have the rest of the time on it and I feel like I, I've been pretty spot on with Kentucky go, going yes. back even to the beginning of last season. So I'm laying the points with Mississippi here as well. I just have a hard time seeing Kentucky scoring enough points to to keep this game close because you know that, that Mississippi is going to get theirs. And don't get me wrong, Kentucky's defense is really good. You know, they could keep Mississippi, Ole Miss down to, you know, 28, 31 points. Yeah. The thing is, is that I just don't trust uh, Kentucky's uh, offense to score that many points either. You mentioned that Florida game, uh, you know, Pick six there, a couple of turnovers by Richardson. Maybe you'll get a couple of those from, from Ole Miss as well. But the thing is, you're going to get a lot more explosive plays from, from Ole Miss than, than what Florida got in that game. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm laying the points, and this is simply a matter of I, I know Kentucky's defense is good, but I just don't think that their offense can keep up with, with Ole Miss's offense. And, again, I, I got a miracle uh, – under on, on the Ole Miss game so many points in the first half and somehow the second half played out exactly like I thought the game would where they just really uh, grounded down against their opponents last week I think Ole Miss's defense is, is underrated and, and yeah. so I, I have no issue laying the six and a half at home with Ole Miss here yeah I agree I think that this Ole Miss team has the potential to be a dark horse SEC candidate. Obviously, Alabama and Georgia are both really good, but this is one of the rare times when I think that the third best team in the SEC actually might be able to hang in there with those two teams. A lot of times that third best team is really far behind those two teams, but like this Ole Miss team, like they got some offense, they got a decent defense, like them hanging in there with Georgia, Alabama wouldn't be a shock. And there's just so many years where the top two teams in the SEC have just been so far ahead, but this Ole Miss team I think is for real. And I think they might actually be able to hang in there which is always exciting when it's not just you know bam at the top just kicking everyone around you know right right 
<clears throat> the 2 p.m. Eastern, Massachusetts and Eastern Michigan. Boy, we talked about it last week with Eastern Michigan. Coming off that big win against Arizona State, yeah. just being leery about that game against Buffalo, knowing that the head coach had to try to work on getting those players focused for a conference game because they could easily lose that one. And sure enough, they did. And it goes back to what yeah. we're always talking about. Coaches oftentimes get too much credit when things go well and not and too much blame when things go badly yeah. because yeah. you know they were, you know, the whole time they were sitting there thinking, we gotta wipe this from our memories. But to some extent, you can only get 19-year-old kids to do so many things, right? right? And we talked about it it might be a little bit of a distraction for them. Eastern Michigan now coming back to earth after that. They'll get a very bad UMass team who ranks as one of the bottom three teams. And there's a pretty big gap here on those bottom – Third to worst to fourth to worst is a pretty big jump here. UMass is absolutely terrible. And Eastern Michigan obviously showed some flaws last week. But I think this line is a little bit not quite understanding just how bad UMass is. I'm going to lay the 19 and a half. It's a B-grade pick, only a B-grade. Number one, it's a lot of points. And number two, you clearly never know what you're going to get from Eastern Michigan. But in general, I'm taking the stance that this UMass team is absolutely terrible. And at home, Eastern Michigan can take out their frustrations of that last week's loss. And they can win this one handily. Sideline says 20 and a half. So the two most likely outcomes are 20 and 21. So we've got winners there on both of those laying 19 and a half. I want to get this one early in the week. I want to get it before it gets to 20, 20 and a half, 21. Because I think this is a great number here to lay with Eastern Michigan. A B great pick. One I think is worthy of an investment. Not my favorite of the week, but definitely one that I think should be part of your portfolio. Total of 56. Because Jared, what do you think? I am also laying the 19 and a half points with Eastern Michigan in this spot. I mean, like you mentioned, we could have seen last week come in. I mean, that that was really easy to, to spot. I mean, I just I think you'll see a theme, theme with a couple of my picks today. You just can't ignore some of these teams that are so bad at the yep. bottom. It's yep. almost tough for the model to account for how bad they really are. Very yep. similar to the to the top teams and you know the outliers there. Yep. So I think UMass is really really bad. Uh, Temple beat them by twenty eight points last week. I think Eastern Michigan's offense is light years ahead of uh, Temple's offense. This game has the feel of you know. 49 to, to 14 all, mm-hmm. all over it. Uh, yeah. There is no way that UMass um, keeps this Eastern Michigan offense in check. And I think Eastern Michigan runs away with it. So, uh, you know, we know that I have a, 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 I don't like to lay big numbers. I did it last week, Western Kentucky. I, I'm laying 19 and a half points here. I'm telling you people, when you've got these bad teams, don't be scared. I mean, this is me saying this. So when you've got these really bad teams, don't be afraid to lay these big numbers. When, when you've got these teams at the bottom that are such outliers. Yep, absolutely. Well said. Uh, 3.30 Eastern, another fairly bad team. UConn, at least on the uh, you know other side of that, really, they're really bad, but they're at least not in that bottom yeah. three uh, yeah. against Fresno State. I'm going to grab all 24 points with UConn. Again, I think that UConn's just above that threshold of those really bad teams. I think they're bad, but they're not an outlier bad. And those are the ones like you absolutely talk about, that when, the, when you get to the very, very bottom, the very, very top, it's a little bit hard to know exactly where we should rate them and how many points, you know, credit or detriment we should apply to them. UConn's actually up ahead of a few teams behind, obviously, a lot. But slotting in there, I feel fairly confident where I've got UConn. I just think 24 is too many points in a game that's in Connecticut. For us to having to travel across the country here in a semi-early time slot. I mean, this is 12.30 body clock time, so it's not the super early one, but... It's just not a great situation for a Fresno State team that I'm just not sure is that good and that motivated to go out there and run the run up the score. Obviously, Fresno State's a much better team, but 
underdogs cover. That's why we have the point spread. I just think 24 is too many points. I'm going to get this one early in the week before it drops below 24 because I could easily see 24 happening. And we've got that push protection here. It's a B-grade play for me on UConn. Sideline says 22 is what the spread should be. So again, 20, 21, and 24 are the most likely outcomes for this game. We went on two of them and push on one of them. UConn's so bad that I don't, I'm not giving this an A-grade play, but I do think grabbing all these points with UConn makes a lot more sense. I suppose that previous game where I think UMass is so bad, it's hard to find a number that's that's you know too big to lay against them uconn's bad but this actually is too much i i feel more comfortable laying 24 against umass than 24 against uconn just because i think they're not really in the same tier of team even though both are bad i just think UMass is so much worse yeah so we grab 24 with uconn total of 56 because jared what do you think do we know if Jake Hainer's coming back? He was carted off the field against USC. Carted off the field. I assume he's he's not coming back for this game. I I, I don't know that to, to be the case for sure. Um, but yeah, I think grabbing the points makes sense with for all the reasons that you just said. And I have no idea what to expect from Fresno State uh, w- with potentially a backup quarterback playing. So uh, you know. Who knows? I talked about Hanger. Uh, we talked about Hanger at the beginning of the season with our, our Mountain West previews and how he was the best quarterback in the league by far what is Fresno State going to be potentially without him? I have yeah. no idea. So to me, I think you you would be very hard-pressed, even with, with how low UConn is in the ratings, to lay 24 points going west coast to east coast uh, with, you know, what do you know? You don't know what you can get from the Fresno State quarterback. Yeah, I'm assuming he's not playing. The team has said uh, doesn't fear a season-ending injury, which to me doesn't mean he's going to be back in two weeks. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I assume he's not going to play. We obviously don't have a ton of data on the backup. But, again, just a, a mediocre Fresno State team that gets elevated a little bit with him in there because of what he can do for their team and then now brought back to just a very average team uh, without him is the yeah. uh, the perception I think that we, we're taking at this point, at least. Yeah. Uh, 3.30 Eastern, a game that used to be, you know, the laughing stock of the Big 12 here. Iowa State at Kansas should be a fascinating one here in the middle of the day. And, and let's just hold on a second. You said when we broke down Texas Tech and Kansas State, every Big 12 team currently in the top 50 of your rankings. You caught that I, little nugget, didn't you? Which, which yeah, I, was just I, like, wanted, I buried the lead. <laughs> yeah, which I wanted to hold until we got here. What world are we living in where Kansas is a top 50 team according to, to sideline? That's just unbelievable. What a time to be alive. And Kansas yeah. continues to rise. I don't know where the rising is going to stop. And I mentioned this last week, and there's a reason I keep the historical ratings in the sheet, just so you can try to get a feel for it and see what you think. The models relatively so it'll react. So when it, when it has a team going up, 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 down, 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 until it levels off. There's a potential that it should even be a little bit higher than that. We don't really know. A lot of teams have leveled off at this point of the season, but there's a couple of them. Kids is one of them that has not leveled off. Mm-hmm. If they win this one, they'll continue to rise even more. Right now, they're still rated as the worst team in the Big 12. But given how they're playing, if they keep playing like this, they will not be rated the worst team in the Big 12 in a couple of weeks. So it's just a, a, obviously a fantastic story. Uh, we've all loved rooting for Kansas. I hope yeah. you viewer have too. I'm going to grab the three and a half points with the Jayhawks here. Uh, Sideline says this should be Iowa State minus two. Still thinks that Iowa State's the better team. Um, I'm not really taking too much of Iowa State's home loss to Baylor. I thought that Baylor was the better team in that one. I don't really make much of it. I still think that Baylor's a tier ahead of Iowa State. Uh, I still think Iowa State's a decent team. I just think this Kansas team is decent too. I don't really know what to expect. Obviously, the home fans are going to be really pumped and excited. You had a sellout last weekend. I expect a sellout again this weekend, which is obviously fun to see. Three and a half points is just too many. I could easily see this being a tight ball game where Kansas either wins or loses by three. 
so it's an A grade play for me on the Jayhawks. I'm riding them until at least the model stops rising them in the rankings. And at that point, once it levels off, then I think we'll have a better feel for it. But at this point, right. I don't want to say the sky's the limit for Kansas because that's obviously not true. But whatever one step shy of that is, right? I mean, I don't know where they're going to level off at this point. Defense still has some questions. It's not the best defense in the world, but this offense is really exciting, really fun to watch. And they're a competent football team. They got a chance to win this one at home. And if not, like I said, you're having that three and a half, I think makes a lot of sense. A great play for me. Total of 58 and a half. Cousin Jared, what do you think? My concern with this game, because I, I mean, I want to bet Kansas in this spot, but part of it is my own acknowledgement that that is my heart and not necessarily 100% my head. I just want Kansas to, to be good. But my concern for this game is that Kansas has an excellent running game, but I have faith in Matt Campbell. And as a general statement, to be able to take away the one thing that you do well, I feel like we've seen him do that with, especially with, you know, some of these Oklahoma teams uh, the past handful of years is that he can try to make you play with your left hand. And, you know, Iowa State, solid team, not the best. Sometimes they're still going to lose those games, even when they make you play with your left hand. But this is one where at the end of the day, it's still Kansas and, and seeing a defense like Iowa State that, that um, has been coached up the way that. Iowa State has been and has the system in place that Iowa State has had for a while. I'm just concerned that Iowa State could find a way to get this uh, Kansas run game kind of slowed down. And then at that point, uh, I, I'm just not sure what you're going to get from Kansas if their run game gets shut down. So if this got below, if this got maybe like to four or four and a half or something like that, maybe I could talk myself into it. But again, I will acknowledge that I feel like that's more my heart than, than my head. And, you know, I, I hear what you're saying. And Baylor's a better team than Kansas, obviously. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Um, but I think the question that I have here is that we saw last weekend Reese ran for 78 yards on 21 carries, which is pretty solid. And he didn't have any help from the quarterback running game because Shapin isn't a guy uh, that's going to run a lot. Um, and he was still able to throw for almost 250 yards, three touchdowns and no picks. So I, I get what you're saying. And obviously Baylor's a better team, but it just, I do have a little bit in the back of my mind, a bit of a concern of, is this Iowa state defense good enough to do that? Because I think that the Baylor and Kansas offenses are a little bit different, but I can kind of see Kansas having similar success like Baylor did. Yeah. Is that something that you, I mean, do you still really think that Iowa state can shut down Kansas attack, given that they really struggled with Baylor, which doesn't offer the quarterback run game option that, that Kansas has. Different <laughs> strokes for, for different folks is what <laughs> I would say. Like, I, I think I just feel like fundamentally they're the offenses are, I, I feel like the offenses are pretty different to where I wouldn't mm -hmm. want to, mm -hmm. to try to make a, make a comparison there. Okay. I know Baylor runs a lot of yeah. zone. I, I know that Kansas runs a lot of uh, well power and stuff. It's a little bit different power and pulling guards on sweeps and stuff. Yeah. See, like, okay. So this it's is definitely, like, it's definitely different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is, and, and you know, there's only a handful of teams where I can actually break down a little bit of the X's and O's here. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens to be one of the teams. So I that's why, that's why I figured we could do a deeper dive here. These are teams we can really talk about some of the X's and O's. Yeah. So, so I feel like it's, it's just a, a different enough to where it would give me pause and the thing was is okay. that that Lincoln Riley offense was was um, really big on on running the the guard tackle pull the power type play we call it power I don't know what to call it yeah. now but um, so anyway it's enough to give me some hesitation mm -hmm. again like I want to be on Kansas at yeah. this spot but and and it may just be more that I'm trying to overcompensate because 
Um, I know that I want to be on Kansas in my heart. And, and yeah. so maybe I'm just overcompensating with my head and I'm thinking too much. And that's certainly possible. Yeah, I think there's a, there is a case to be made. And I, I don't want to talk, spend too much more time on this. I just think it's a fascinating game and, and one we could really dive a little bit deeper into. But there's a case to be made for everyone's on Kansas. This is they're getting too much respect. Iowa State's still a good football team. And and I I I'm looking for that contrarian angle. I just can't make that case. Right. At two and a half, maybe I think that's a little bit more believable. But at three and a half, I just don't yeah. see how I just right. don't see how you lay more than a field goal with Iowa State on the road right. against a, a team like Kansas. Like I said, I was looking for that at some point. It's like I've been saying all year with USC and I'm and I'm fading them this week. I'm kind of looking for the same spot in Kansas where at some point where it's like everyone overreacts and we're like, whoa, let's tap the brakes now. It's still yeah. Kansas. Yeah. I just don't think this number in this spot is it, but I could be wrong. Obviously, like we always talk about, you should always be able to figure out how you're going to lose every single pick every week because all of them can lose yeah. <laughs> right as yeah. we see from time to time. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that one, three thirty Eastern uh, Ohio and Kent stay. And this is what I want to talk about that. If you had those early model projections on this one, you got a fantastic number. And even if you're in the discord, this is one I highlighted for our discord users. And I said, Hey, Kent State's still hanging around at six and a half, lay the six and a half now. And sure enough, you know, an hour, two hours later, it wasn't much longer. That number was out to eight. It's out to 10 already. And this is one where, man, you could have gotten such a great number at six and a half on Kent State. It would have been an easy A grade play. Uh, Sideline here says this should be Kent State minus 13. Two most likely outcomes are 13 and 14. So 10 is still a good number to lay. So it's still a B grade pick for me on Kent on Kent State. I'm not I'm I'm sad that we missed the best of the number, but I still think you should be laying 10. It's just it would have been so much better to lay six and a half or seven. Uh, but Kent's Kent State team is just a whole lot better than Ohio. Ohio's a bottom 10 team, bottom 11 team, and Kent State is competent at home. I think they can get this done here. Um, within the match specifically these two teams are pretty far apart from each other yeah. uh, in my opinion. So I'm going to lay the 10 with Kent state be great pick total of 69. Cousin Jared, what do you think? And I, I would say specifically Sean Lewis, the coach at Kent state is, is very good. And you, you know, the Kent state may have a little more talent, but I think they have a, a lot better uh, coaching and scheme and, and everything else. Uh, let me ask you this. And I'm not saying that this is a enough of a reason to stay away from this game, <laughs> but is it possible to have a hangover from a loss? <laughs> <laughs> because Kent State, if that if such a thing exists, would be the prime candidate. This yes, uh, absolutely. I, I'm going to say no, and the reason why is I think Kent State never really had any visions of winning that game ahead That's of time. Right. Yeah, and I think you could actually. It, it's it's one of those things where it's tough because it could happen, but it could be the exact opposite. Because I can make a case that you say this game gave them confidence going forward, and they're going to actually play better now because they're going to say. We kind of hung in there with Georgia right. on the road, like right. played pretty respectable. We're gonna we're gonna destroy all these clowns in conference. So I mean, it could actually give them a little bit of a boost, to be honest. So yeah. I could see it going either way, uh, but it obviously is a great question. It's something that I'm not worried about because it could, like I said, I think either, either one's possible. Yeah. So I, I, I'm I should probably lay the ten points with Kent State, but I, I'm I'm not going to. You know, like I said. Maybe if somebody were, were making plays yesterday, then you get that number at six and a half. But as far as if it's in a double digits in a Mac game, to me, just I, I've been bid on enough double digit Mac games in my life to just be like, eh, I'm just going to stay away. I was going to say double, double digits on a Mac game on a Saturday versus double digits on a Mac game on a Wednesday. Those are does, two different beasts. Does to be feel fair. a little <laughs> does feel a little different. That is true. And and I will say the last point I want to make on this game is that the double digits on a Mac game. There are a handful of Mac games, it seems like, 
every year that are in this about spread that turn out to be nail biter games. But there's a handful that when you get just enough separation between the teams that the better team just wins by 30. And I'm not, I'm not sure that this is that exactly, but we do see sometimes some Mac blowouts and this would be a prime candidate for one, just because I'm, I'm just not sure Ohio can hang on the field with this Kent state team. And the fact that we talked about Kent state playing fast also helps them have the opportunity to score more points and get outside of this number. Correct. Correct. That is a perfect segue, buddy. Let's go to the next game. To the next game, 3.30 yeah. Eastern, Northwestern at Penn State. I was going to say, speaking of bad teams, talk about Northwestern. Um, yeah. The play of the play of the early evening last week was Miami of Ohio getting seven and a half points, and I put in the road up on Patreon. I said, hey, maybe look at the money line plus 250 because this Northwestern team is stanky. Yeah. And sure enough, that worked out pretty well. Uh, gosh, I, I, I feel like we've said it every week. Why is Northwestern getting any respect whatsoever? Mm-hmm. This team is – just bad. Uh, Penn State, I've got them ranked 10th. Uh, this is a massive mismatch. Sideline says Penn State should be a 32-point favorite. That's a full touchdown larger than 25. I'm willing to 25. I'm not going to stress about the fact that it's on the wrong side of 24 because I think this seems much more likely to land in the 30s than the 20s. So you might look at that and say, oh, well, I wish it was 24. I wish it was 24 too. But to some extent, we don't need to worry so much about key numbers and just say, where should the number be? And this number should easily be 27, 28 up towards 30 and not here in the mid 20s. I'm going to lay with Penn State. Penn State's off next week. So I'm not going to say that they're going to try to run it up, but they have no real like we've right. got to pull our guys type incentive here. I'm not sure Northwestern can score. If you said Northwestern to be shut out and you gave me like plus, I don't know, 150, I'd probably look at that probably longer than I should because yeah, I just yeah. don't know how they're going to score off yeah. this Penn State defense. Uh, a great play for me backing the Nittany Lions. Because, Jared, what do you got? So your segue was bad teams. My segue was teams playing fast. I'm laying the the 25 points with Penn State here. If, if, if you – I mean – Obviously, you could guess because we're talking about this game. But the team that is running the most plays in FBS this season is your Northwestern Wildcats. They which are, makes zero sense. Which makes zero sense. And the problem is they're very bad on offense, and all they're doing is creating more three and outs. They're, run, they're running more plays. They might be getting more yards, but, man, it is terribly inefficient. And let me yeah. tell you, there are going to be tons of opportunities for Penn State to get outside of this 25 number uh, because, you know, Northwestern is just going to run so many plays and all that, all that's going to do is increase the discrepancy between these two teams, mm-hmm. the more plays they run. Mm-hmm. So I'm laying all 25 points with, with Penn state. I mean, what Northwestern's like what 104th in the model or something yeah. like that. It's, it's yeah. way down there. Uh, again, I, I mentioned you would see a theme here. I think you've got to lay these big numbers against these bad teams. Northwestern is a bad team and they play a style of football that's going to lend itself to getting outside of this number. So lay the points with Penn state here. Yeah, and, and Northwestern, not bad like UMass, but that was on the scale of all FBS teams. If you just do yes. Power 5 teams, Northwestern is bad on that scale relative. If you yes. just if you just did the, the Power 5 teams, they are in that really bad category. Just no way they can hang. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how fat – I mean, what, what kind of – so uh, Boston College uh, is Colorado. ahead of them. Colorado is – Colorado is behind them. Is, is, is it – it's just Colorado. It might be just Colorado who's just, just terrible. Wow, Colorado's way down there. We'll talk about them later too. Yeah, we are. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alabama and Arkansas, Saturday at 3.30 Eastern. You know, okay, so I've got Alabama back at number one despite the close game against Texas. Um Quick explanation on that, really why I think uh, the model is saying that is Georgia has now had twice where they just haven't looked as impressive. Uh, So Georgia's getting a little bit of a like, they're good, but they just haven't had that 
you know, ability to destroy teams. So they're not, it's not being reflected in their rating. Ohio state's climbing. Uh, they're not quite there yet, but I mean, Ohio state's really been impressive, but for right now, it's Alabama in that top spot. I think they're going to come kick the crap out of Arkansas. I, I, I watched that Arkansas A&M game and I saw two teams that I feel like if you squinted hard enough, you could be like, Oh, this is a good matchup against two top 10 teams. And also if you looked at it, you're like, actually, I don't think either one of these is a top 25 team. Yeah, I just don't yeah. think they're that good. It was yeah. sloppy. The AM touchdown on the fumble lateral handoff yeah. thing. I mean, it was fun, yeah. but <laughs> it, and I, why, why, why are you trying to go over the pile from the four yard line? I, I, I'm confused. Yeah. Um, you saw a game that had a couple, like, to be careful what I say here. Uh, like all of the comments basically on this game were how this game was going over, and you had some big plays and it still didn't go over. I mean, yep. Yep. <laughs> it's just it was some it was some bad football yeah i i, I had the under 48 and when it got to 44 wasn't concerned yeah about it yeah. going over yeah you saw some big plays early but i mean i just i just if you're backing arkansas on this game you have to look at that game against AM and be like yeah they can ugly this game up against alabama just like that game was kind of a mucked up game or whatever and i'm like i don't know i just Alabama and AM are just in two different classes at yeah. this point. I think this is going to be ugly. I'm laying the 16 and a half with Alabama. It's an A grade play for me. Um, model doesn't tend to love uh, these top teams, loves them here. Sideline says minus 21.7. So, I mean, 20, 21, 24, the most likely outcomes for this. We still win at 17. Yeah. I, I just don't think Arkansas can hang. I think they're a solid football team. I just think they have too many questions at this point. And Alabama, this is one of those, it feels like, you know, Nick Saban is still probably pissed off from the almost tech, the Texas almost loss yeah, and probably yeah. wants to go out there and show everybody that they're still really good. I expect to have them. I expect them to have a better effort uh, against Arkansas here than they did in Austin. I think Bama just runs away with this one. Total of 61. Cousin Jared, what do you have for us? You took the words right out of my, out of my mouth. Uh, sideline doesn't say lay the points with these outliers near the top very often, just because, you know, we, we talked about ad nauseum about how it has issues with the outliers. Uh, it's saying that there's a big edge on Alabama here, so I'm all over it. You're not, in my opinion, you're not going to get very many opportunities to lay points with these really good teams where there's significant value throughout the season. So you got to take advantage whenever you yep. can. So the model sees a big edge here. I am going to jump all over that. I'm going to lay the points with, with Alabama as well. Yeah, model says Arkansas is the 32nd best team. Hard to really disagree with that. They're not bad, but I just yeah. they just haven't quite put it all together yet. The potential is definitely there. But if if they were going to be able to compete with Alabama, I think they needed to go out there and make a statement last week against AM and yeah, didn't may, maybe they should have won. You can argue maybe they should have won, absolutely, but they just they still didn't impress me enough right. to make me think that they can they have the horses to hang in this one. Right. 4 p.m. Eastern, Florida Atlantic at North Texas. Um, North Texas just outside the top 100. Florida Atlantic uh, ranked 88th. Sideline says this should be Florida Atlantic minus 4.6. I'm going to lay the three here. This is one I want to get earlier in the week. I don't really know where it's going to go. It might go to two and a half. But I'd rather lock in three than it gets a three and a half because that hurts a lot. And so it's one I want to just get earlier in the week. Lock in the three. It's not an A-grade play. I don't feel like I have enough confidence on either one of these teams to say it should be an A-grade play. But I think laying three is a solid investment. I'm going to go ahead and just lock that in. And then I'm going to have to think about this game really the rest of the week. North Texas backdoor cover last week on a big number. Um, really had no business doing that. Won't be an issue here with such a short number. I think Florida Atlantic's a better team. I think they can go on the road and get it done. I don't mind laying three. Total of 67 and a half. Cousin Jared, what is your take? 
clearly our takes on North Texas from the beginning of the season were a mirage. I am, yep. I'm wondering at this point if, if they're going to have a turnaround like they did last season in the middle of the season where they just all of a sudden it all started clicking for them because they are not that team right mm-hmm. now. And so I don't have a play on this game. That's just one thing I'm watching is if North Texas gets going, it would be something I think you'd want to hop on uh, quickly, maybe mm-hmm. before, uh, you know, everybody realizes that, Hey, North Texas is doing the exact same thing they did last season. It started out slow and then they got things going in the middle of the season. So no, again, no play for me here, but just North Texas is a team that I'm watching that if they show signs of life, I'd probably want to jump on them early before everybody else catches up to that. I think it makes a lot of sense. And had they looked better last weekend, I could totally see that case here. Yeah. Lay the money line uh, plus odds, right? See if they can yeah. pull off the upset. But at home, yeah. At home. But what I saw against Memphis, they were down 21 in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah. When you're down 21 in the fourth quarter to a mediocre team like Memphis, that doesn't say that that's happening. Exactly. Just yet. It might happen, absolutely. And like you said, I think we want to keep our eyes out for it, but I haven't yeah. seen it just yet. Yep. 5.30 Eastern, uh, two teams that are rising in the rankings, Cal and Washington State, both these inside the top 60 now. Again, what world What world are we living in? I Yeah, I, I saw this and I was like, I was like, okay, I've seen enough of these teams. Like they both look solid. I'm That's fine. I, I'm with it. But it just is surprising. Uh, Cal was a team I told you last week. I loved laying a short number against Arizona. That seemed like a massive mismatch and that came through for us. I'm going to back the Cal Golden Bears again here. I'm going to grab the four and a half points. Another one that I want to grab earlier in the week because I'm on the right side of three and four. Maybe it goes up to six or seven. Who really knows where the number is going to go? About two out of three times it goes the direction of the model. So I'm just going to grab the four and a half here. Sideline says this should be Washington State minus three and a half. And so the most likely outcomes in this game are Washington State wins by three or four, and we win with both of them. So it's a B-grade play for me on Cal. I think their defense is good. Washington State obviously much improved. Tough place to play. But this feels like a lower scoring tight. Fun ball game, probably on the Pac-12 network. And so since we all burned our free preview uh, on the Pac-12 network, none of us will probably be watching this one, unfortunately. But it does seem like a fun game. I'm just going to grab the points and say I think Cal can hang in there. I don't really know who wins. Four and a half points offer some value. Be great play for me there. Low total there, 52 and a half. Uh, Cousin Jared, what's your take? I'm a little bit concerned that – well, number one, Cal showed signs of life on offense against Arizona this year. Yeah, this they did. Scoring 49. Yeah, which just absolutely. Which is, that's a whole season's worth of points for them. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely unbelievable. And Washington State's offense finally got going like I, I hoped it would coming into the season against what I think is a, a or I, I guess maybe jury's still out there, what I thought was a pretty good defense uh, uh, yeah. for, for Oregon. So. I think it blindly, I would have said that I feel better about Washington State than I mm-hmm. do about Cal. But man, this is way too many points for two teams that have, until last week, hung their hat on their defense early in the season. And this feels like a game that has a weird ending, where this game mm-hmm. ends, you know, a yeah. one, one point game, two point game, four point game. So I do think there's a lot of value, Cal here, with Cal here. I, I don't have a play on this game, but I, I'm like you. This 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 game is infinitely infinitely more interesting you know, than, than what I thought it would be of, of a yeah. few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Last year you talk about this game early in the season, you talk about this game and you're thinking no one's going to care. It'll be on pack 12 and we'll all be like, perfect. That's exactly where it belongs. Yeah, uh, yeah. But this does feel like one that could have a, have a weird ending where we talk about pack 12 after dark, even though the sun's not down yet. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, 6 PM Eastern Liberty at old dominion. Uh, sideline says Liberty minus 4.2. So I'm going to lay the two here. A great pick. One I want to lock in earlier in the week. Just go ahead and grab those. That minus two. If it does start getting higher, you may have to look at money line. But the problem is that money line price is going to start getting really high if it does go towards three. So I'm just going to lay the two here. I think Liberty's the better team. Old Dominion gets a lot of talk for the impressive 
I guess, play they had against Virginia, the game against Virginia Tech. I'm just not sure that means a whole lot. I just think Liberty's a better team here. A sideline says they're 22 spots better than Old Dominion is. So I just think let's not get too cute with the fact that Old Dominion has played some branded teams and just say Liberty's the better team. They can go on the road and get the job done. Laying two's not too big of an ass. It's an A-grade play for me here. Kind of a quiet one in that it's not a game that's going to get a lot of attention, but I think Liberty's the better team. I think they go on the road and get the job done. Total of 44. Talk about a low total. Yeah. I thought 52 and a half was low. 44. We're, we're, we're not there yet, but we're flirting with Iowa totals. Here, that number. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Cousin Jared, what do you have for us? Man, this to- this total is low, and that's definitely the first thing that, that caught my eye. Because when you see a number like 44, your your instinct is to play the over. So this is definitely something that I'm going to have on my radar uh, You know, the rest of the week. I, Old Dominion, uh, the, the thing that kind of gives me pause on that total is that Old Dominion wasn't able to get over the, the total number against Arkansas State. And we all know what issues Arkansas State has had on defense the past few years. And so, you know. The second half of that game played out more like what I thought it would, but you know the first half of the game, it, the, you know, Old Dominion did nothing offensively, and so my thought is that this game could could play out more like the second half uh, of the Arkansas State Old Dominion game, where Old Dominion did finally show some signs of life on, on offense, but I just haven't quite got got myself there yet. And, and Liberty, like, I mean, I I feel like Liberty is definitely one of those teams that's always a little under the radar as far, far as the model goes. I feel like we're the models on or sideline, excuse me, sideline is on Liberty more, more times than not. All righty. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern UTEP and Charlotte, uh, Charlotte getting Reynolds back two weeks ago, looks competent, gets clocked by South Carolina, uh, this last weekend. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Obviously, we talked about that Reynolds makes such a big difference. That's going to matter a lot more in Conference USA than it is in the. Right. S- it gets an SEC defense, a, a decent SEC defense in South Carolina. Um, a UTEP team that I think we were kind of down on earlier in the season, but uh, in case you missed it, Friday night UTEP beating yeah. Boise State and a Boise State team that I talked about specifically. So this is the exact type of game that Boise State just kind of lays an egg on, and sure enough, they did. Right. A UTEP team that may be coming around and, and looking a little bit more competent, obviously still not a good team, but a team that might be you know outside of the bottom 10, which is where they were heading early on in the season. I'm going to lay the three with UTEP. I mean, to me, the bottom line here is that uh, I've got them ranked 112, whereas I've got Charlotte 124th. And so that's a big enough discrepancy here that I think they can go on the road and get it done. I'm laying the three with UTEP. It's a B-grade pick. Sideline says it should be UTEP minus 5.4. So Reynolds obviously helping Charlotte, I think helps him again in the Conference USA game. I just think the problem is what we've seen is the rest of the talent around him isn't that good. So if you're backing Charlotte, it's all about him. Right. As opposed to as a better overall team versus a one-man show for Charlotte. Total 52, because Jared, what do you got? Oh, man. Um, I think that... I think that if you want to back Charlotte in this game, the points probably won't matter because if Charlotte is sticking around in this game, I I think that, you know, it's because it's going to be higher scoring and there is like no way you're going to be able to get me to back UTEP in a high scoring game with with Charlotte. Um, On the other hand, I wouldn't want to back UTEP because, you know, like if UTEP wins this game, it it could easily be a one or a two point game. And, And so like, this is just one of those things where I feel like I don't, I don't know what to expect. I think 
depending on what you think about which team dictates how you think the game plays out. So that I just kind of want to give you that bit of information that if you like Charlotte, maybe you take the the over or, you know, if you like UTEP, you take the under. Um, I, I think that what you think about who wins this game um, kind of tells you a lot about how you think the game is game is played. Or vice versa, how you think the game is played might tell you who you think is going to win. Correct, correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm laying to three earlier in the week just because I'd rather lay three than three and a half. And again, with the uh, model saying 5.4, I think that's the side I'd rather be on. Uh, right. But I'm with you. It can't have a ton of confidence just because Reynolds could single-handedly get turn this into a shootout. And if so, yep. that's a nervous pick. So, I mean, there's, yeah. there's a reason why it can't, can't be an A-grade play here. Right, uh, right. UTEP's only so good, right? And, and there might yeah. be a little bit of a hangover from the Boise State situation. Uh, I just think that while that's obviously possible, you're talking about tight game. Like you got to yeah. try to go out in there and win ball games. And I just think UTEP's a better overall team. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern, East Carolina and South Florida. Sidelines is 11.3 for this game. So I'm going to lay the eight and a half with East Carolina. I just don't think South Florida is a very good team. Back South Florida uh, recently here when they covered against Florida. And that was obviously a lot of fun. I just think East Carolina is a much better team. I think they go on the road and win pretty handily here. Uh, I've got them ranked 64th, so very average, whereas South Florida have just outside of the top 100. Uh, so South Florida, you know, over the years, have had some decent teams, but I just don't think this is one of them. Uh, total of 59. I'm going to lay this eight and a half. I don't see it getting to seven, so I'm just going to go ahead and lock this in because I'd rather lock an eight and a half than deal with it at 10 or 10 and a half, which is where I think the number should end up, uh, where it'd be a much tougher play. Cousin Jerry, what do you think? I'm laying the eight and a half East Carolina as well. What I would say is don't, I mean, I, I said it last week. I didn't want to lay the points with East Carolina against Navy because Navy just plays a game in a way that just makes things very, very difficult. Um, South Florida is one dimensional. They have not thrown a touchdown pass yet this season. All of their touchdowns have been rushing touchdowns. There is one dimensional the way that Navy is one dimensional. And then there's one dimensional that the way that everybody else is one dimensional. Yeah. Everybody else one dimensional is like, Oh, we can game plan for this. The way Navy's one dimensional is like, you still might not be able to stop it. Exactly. And so I think South Florida is just too one dimensional in this game. And I think that ECU, I think is more like the team that probably should have beat North Carolina state than, than the team that, that played against Navy last week, which Navy presents all sorts of other problems anyway. So Long way of saying, don't put too much stock into what happened with that Navy game last week. In my opinion, put more stock into a South Florida team that, aside from the one cover against Florida, which clearly seems to have their own issues, yeah. you know, I, I think that South Florida is just a touch overrated, and I think ECU is being deemed too much for their, their performance against Navy, which could just generally give you issues with with how they play, play the game. So I'm laying the eight and a half points with East Carolina here. I think this is an overreaction from from last week for ECU and two weeks ago for Florida. I agree. And I, I think, and, and we could be wrong on this, absolutely. But my take on this is you, you say, well, what Navy did on offense shouldn't have affected what ECU did on offense. And I would say, I'm not sure if that's true because when the other teams out there with long possessions, really like using every second on the play clock, that sort of thing, it really gets your offense out of sync. And that could have affected ECU's offense in a way that you think yeah. you tend to think the other team's offense doesn't affect yours, but it does remind me as, as a, as a big 12 fan, this is what Kansas state for with Snyder did so well yeah. for so many years when they were under talented was find a way to run the ball, control the clock, keep the other team's offense off the field. And that just gets your offense a little bit out of sync. And that's my take of what happened with East Carolina's offense. 
points. Obviously, if East Carolina goes out this week and only scores 20 points on South Florida, we might have to reevaluate that take. But at yeah. least for now, I can give them a pass and say that, like you said, it's a weird situation. Yeah. It sometimes throws everything off. They should be able to put up a lot more points against a South Florida defense that isn't really anything special. Well, I, let me let me say what you just said in, in another way. Whenever you've got a team that holds the ball and eats up the clock like the service academies do or some of these run-heavy teams, Kansas State, for example, you could have, let's call them 10 tricks on defense. And because your team is holding the ball for so long, you're able to spread out those 10 tricks that you've got throughout the game, 10 deceptive looks or whatever it is, because the other team's only running 50 plays. Well, when the other team is running 70 or 80 plays, you only got those 10 things that you can go back on. The de- offense starts seeing them multiple times, and they know how to respond to them and everything. So, yes, I think it makes your defense more effective with, with what it has when they just have to make fewer plays, because that's less time that the opposing offense can adjust. Which is part of what Texas Tech was able to do against Texas. They ran like 100 plays in that game. And it was just one of those things where Texas could only show them so many things on defense. And that's where part of the reason you have to loop back, why I like Kansas State, I don't think Kansas State's going to allow Tech to run 100 plays and really show, you know, like you said, be able to see all the different looks like that was what helped Texas Tech in that second half play really well against Texas. Probably doesn't seem as likely to happen against Kansas State. So yeah, things to consider here as we're handicapping these games. 7 p.m. Eastern, Troy at Western Kentucky. Uh, You asked me if there could be a hangover after a loss. Can there be a hangover after you beat a really bad team, 73 to nothing? I guess is the question we have to ask for Western Kentucky. I think they're a solid team. I've got them ranked 50. Yeah, I've got them ranked 51st. Uh, Not good enough that they should beat anybody, 73 to nothing, but a solid enough team there. Uh, I've got Troy ranked 80th. I just think there's a pretty big talent discrepancy between these two teams. Sideline says it should be Western Kentucky minus 9.1, so the most likely scenario here is 10 followed by 7. Short of 6 doesn't make a lot of sense to me. It's an A-grade play on Western Kentucky. Uh, When you look at what happened last week, Obviously, part of that is FIU is historically bad or potentially historically bad. Maybe we'll wait till the rest of the season to really make that claim. But anytime you beat a team that that badly, like it says you're doing something right. I mean, to right. some extent, you you know, Georgia didn't beat Sanford that bad, right? And and obviously we can explain that away or whatever, but you see a lot of these FBS schools aren't beating FCS schools like that. I mean, Western Kentucky is is again not a great team, but a solid enough team. Yeah. Again, just outside the top 50 here at home, I think they can handle Troy. I don't, as long as their heads aren't too big because they put up a you know a 73 spot last week, they should be able to win this one again under six as a gift, in my opinion. A great play for me on the Hilltoppers. Total of 57 and a half. Cousin Jared, what do you got? Two things. Number one, I made the mistake of not jumping on Western Kentucky early enough last season. I'm not making that same mistake again mm-hmm. this season. I, I mentioned it last week. I've I've seen enough proof of concept that they can kind of just import this new same style, but new offensive players every year and keep it going. Uh, the other thing is, is that I talked about it last week, played the, the under in the, the Marshall Troy game. I don't even know what the final score of that game was. It was like 10-7 in the fourth quarter. I didn't care. I knew my under was going to hit, so I stopped paying attention. I don't even know what the final score of that game ended up being. Um, Troy's defense is good. You look at the total of this game. When was the last time that Western Kentucky played a game that had a total in the 50s? It has probably been quite a while. And, and so I think that speaks to to Troy's defense. I, I think they're good. We, we've talked about it. The head coach there at Troy is the, was the defense coordinator at Kentucky for the past couple of seasons. Problem is, Troy's offense – I. 
even with their defense keeping Western Kentucky down, I don't think that they're going to have the horses on offense to keep up with Western Kentucky because I still think Western Kentucky is going to get like 31 or something like that. And yeah. I think it would be very difficult for, um, you know, Troy to score enough points to stay in, in that number. So uh, this is a combination of I, I don't have a lot of faith in Troy's offense, and I've just seen enough from Western Kentucky to say that, you know, laying less than, than six points with them seems like a good deal. Yeah, that game last week was uh, Troy Marshall was sixteen to seven, which is very low scoring. Yeah, um, and it's an interesting point, right? We talked about you know Hawaii and Nevada were the two prime examples we talked about this season coming in, losing a lot of returning talent, and the model dinging them and saying, "We know you're losing a lot of returning talent, but a little bit, you know, dinging them maybe not enough." We kind of expect mm-hmm. them to be able to fill in some of those gaps at fifty percent production or something like that, and and they right. weren't able to, especially at the start of the season. Western Kentucky did the same thing. Lost a lot of talent. Models started off saying, oh, they're going to take a step back. But Western Kentucky, on the other hand, has been able to kind of just plug in new pieces and be yep. maybe not quite as good as last year's team, but they're at least trending that direction. By the end of the season, yeah. they might be there. Who's to say? Yeah. And so it's one of those where um, – and, and the model picks up on that. And next year, you know, if we see Western Kentucky lose production, probably won't start off digging them quite as much at the start of the season because we'll say, hey, they've done it before. They'll probably just <laughs> reload again because that's what right. they've been able to do. Yep. Uh, 7.30 Eastern, Indiana, Nebraska, a a game that there was a time in the world where this might have been an interesting game a couple years ago. Um, It should be a close game, but that's because these two teams are bad at football. Uh, I'm going to grab the three and a half with Indiana. It's a B-grade pick at even money on the road. Sideline says this should be Nebraska minus three. They win by three. I got the win. I like the even money here. I think it's the right side to be on uh, at this number. At two and a half, I'd like two and a half with Nebraska, but as we all know in betting college football, it's a long ways from two and a half to three and a half on the spread. That's not a short jump at all. Um, But I mean, the field goal game is the most likely scenario here. Um, Nebraska's the home team. They're uh, maybe a little better, I guess, but both of these teams are just very meh, in my opinion. I don't even really know how to break down the X's and O's other than to say it feels like these teams don't quite often do what they're trying to do, which doesn't seem ideal. Um, right. I'm just going to grab the three and a half with IU. Uh, total 61 and a half. Cousin Jared, what do you got? I don't have words for Nebraska anymore. <laughs> the only thing I can say is I'm not sure how you could convince yourself that you should lay points with Nebraska in a one score game. Yeah. That's all yeah. I've got. Yeah, I would agree. And, yeah. And and it's it's puzzling why they decided to make the head coaching move they did when they could have waited two weeks and saved themselves millions of dollars so that they could have an interim coach and get smoked by Oklahoma. When these types of problems happen from the top, you wonder how much it trickles down into the rest of everything else, right. the rest of the coaching staff, the rest of the players. Right. Nebraska might win this game. Uh, I, I can't be that confident in IU. That's why it's not an A-grade pick. But yeah, I'm with you. Just, right. I feel like grabbing grabbing any reasonable number of points, I think, in this one makes a lot of sense. And again, who the heck knows what's going to happen in. Exactly. And one that might find your way on a TV because it should be a tight ball game, but it probably won't have the most talent involved across right. all the other games at the time slot. Yep. 7.30 Eastern kickoff, UAB and Rice. Rice hanging in with Houston. I feel like we outlined the two ways that that Houston-Rice game could play out and, and kind of nailed it. So, you know, if Houston gets out early, they can really exercise some of those demons and kick little brother to the curb. But if Rice hangs in there, look out. Sure enough, Rice hung in there. It was a tight game throughout, just kind of showing some of the issues that Houston has continued to have uh, this season really struggling 
I think that UAB, though, is a team that is better than Houston, a team that doesn't have those same lingering issues that Houston. Houston kind of trending the wrong direction. UAB holding pretty strong here in the mid-50s, ranked 55th. I think they can go on the road and get the job done. I'm going to lay the 10 with UAB. Sideline says 13, so I think it's a 13 or 14-point ball game. I think the Rice-Houston thing was more about Rice getting up for Houston and Houston's issues than about anything with Rice. Rice isn't terrible. Uh, if they were terrible, right, this would be a 20-point spread. I think UAP is just a better team. I think if as long as they're focused and show up, I think they can get this job, get this game won, and it not be quite as scary as the Houston game was. Total is 51 and a half. Because, Jared, what do you got for us? Yeah, so I, I think the, the the words that you were looking for that, there with UAB is that UAB probably doesn't have receivers yelling at each other on the sidelines. And, and then, yeah. like, after, after this game, you know, Holgerson coming out after the game and being like, I'm tired of try, having to try to motivate these players. Yeah, um, those and, that quote. Yeah, yeah, he was just like, yeah. I'm tired of trying to help them. And I'm just like, yeah, whoa. Yeah. And like, so <laughs> UAB doesn't doesn't have those problems. But but let's just yeah. take them. I, I mean, I have nothing intelligent to say about this game. But let's just take a moment to appreciate Rice, who, yeah, they got that whooped by USC. Uh, but they put up 52 points on McNeese State. They beat Louisiana to weeks ago they hung in there with houston um let's just hope that rice is turning things around because uh, it, it would be like i don't even like a lot of times we say that oh, it would be fun if somebody were, were good but like i don't recall a time where i guess there was like a time where um oh what's his face was the head coach there and they had jared dillard the wide receiver and i think he said that's Apple a single season and yeah so was the yeah yeah so so that was that was interesting bailiff bailiff was the head coach david bailiff and no, so anyway, was the o, o coordinator yeah yeah and so anyway it was just like one of those things that like they were decent then um but you know if, if rice like i don't know what to do in a world if if we end up with like a six win rice team like i don't know what that yeah. would be like so yeah, and, and rice improved um sideline has them up ranked 106th which is probably the highest they've been yeah. in a long time i mean that's Definitely. that's good for them if they could if they could sniff out of the <laughs> Top 100. I mean, that's really impressive. Yeah. I think uh, for those of us who played NCAA college football, you know, it's always fun to take a bad team and make them good. But every mm-hmm. time you did that with a team, it was a team that at some point had had success or has now had success since then, right? Like mm-hmm. at the time when we were playing those video games, right? Baylor was terrible. If you took Baylor and made him good, yeah. it was like, yeah, but Baylor had some decent teams back in the 80s. They've been good recently. You yeah. know, you did Stanford as a small school, but Stanford had some runs where they were successful. Yeah. If you take, you know, all those like the bad teams. Rice is the one team that like I can never remember them ever being anything. So it would be fun if they. They were actually good because it's like it, it's one of those things that you would play on as the video game and be like well this will they'll never be good but you right, invite right. if you can get on yeah. that the invite for them to move up in the conferences or whatever that'd have been a fun right accomplishment right. for for playing the video games but uh, yeah rice improved yeah. i just think yeah uab is not going to have those same issues that houston does and should be able to take care of business here so i'm gonna like the yep. 10 uh i like this number here it, 10 and a half uh, not a B grade play would drop to a C grade pick because I think 10 is very possible with that push protection on the most common outcome between seven and 14. The most common outcome is 10. So mm-hmm. holding strong there at 10 is a B grade pick. Anything more, I'd still play UAB, but it's a smaller investment. 9.30 Eastern, Colorado and Arizona. Uh, Colorado. Uh, this might be their most winnable game the rest of the season and it's 17 and a half point spread. I'm going to grab the 17 and a half with Colorado. And here's why Arizona is a team that we talked about. We were a little bit higher on them. We were higher on them because their season win total was like two. Right. So we were high on them relative to those expectations. They do have improved quarterback play, but you saw Arizona get clocked by Cal. I think Arizona is a better team than Colorado, but this is why we have the model to kind of help us figure out where these teams fit. 
Arizona, after that solid start, has leveled off and is now not rising anymore. They're sitting pretty consistently now as a not a good football team. They're ranked 94th, and I think that's pretty accurate. Colorado down to 123rd. I have to think we've hit the floor. I have to think this is about it. This is about as far as Kansas and Vanderbilt have ever dropped. Mm. I think this is about it for a Power 5 team. It might be a tiny bit more, but I think we're about there. We talk about UMass being bad. We talk about Florida International being bad. There's no Hawaii, right? There's no way that you can convince me that Colorado is that bad. I think they're still better than those teams. They're still terrible, but I don't think they're going to reach that level. I think we've about reached the floor with Colorado. Sideline says that this should be a 13.7 point spread. These 13, 14, 17 are reasonable outcomes. Arizona should absolutely win this game. 17 and a half is a lot of points. A Colorado team that's probably not going to score, but I think can at least, they got to hang in there. At some yeah. point, probably. Yeah. <sighs> I'm going to take the 17 and a half with Colorado. It's out of principle. It's just, yeah. it, it, if you're laying the 17 and a half with Arizona, I think you're basically saying Colorado is as bad as Hawaii is. And they might be, but I just don't think it's reasonable to say that, that they're going to be that bad. They are very bad, but I still think 17 and a half is just too many. So I'm going to take the call to Colorado. It's a B-grade pick because it's got so many key numbers that we're on the right side of. Um, but I don't think this could be an A-grade play unless you gave me about 40 points because Colorado might yeah. lose this game by a ton. Arizona has the offense to score some points. I just don't know if they can go out and play a solid enough 60 minutes to beat a team by 20 or 21. Yeah. We'll see if they can here. I'm going to take 17 and a half of Colorado, though. B-grade pick for me. Total 55 and a half. Cousin Jared, what do you got? A lot of times you say objectively, I think what I'm trying to get at here is subjectively. If you're you're taking the points with Colorado here, I think it's partially based on what you saw from Arizona's defense against Cal last week, where if Cal's able to put up that many points, it doesn't really matter. Colorado ought to score something, right? That's Colorado ought to score something. Also, Colorado, uh, starting at quarterback now, is Owen McCowan uh, of the football powerhouse from Rusk, Texas. And so you would like to you would like to think that maybe he did okay. He was fine. His QBR was like thirty six or something. Not that anybody's keeping track of that. Um, but it's been an improvement over what Colorado has had. And so, honestly, if I disregarded what sideline said, I feel like if this were under seventeen, I would probably be on Arizona. But man, yeah. the the hook the hook here is just like. As high as I've been on Arizona, there's a reason. We were high on Arizona relative to what they were last year and relative, like you said, to what their season win total was. I'm still not sure they're yeah. to the point where they should be laying 17 and a half points in a conference game, even if it's against Colorado. Yeah. So, yeah, so this absolutely. Is, this is one where, you know, just just stay away because Arizona could win this game by 31 points. But, man, uh, you know, they've got lots of question lot marks. Of yeah, they yeah. got a lot of question marks and who knows. Yeah. And, and again, on this one, sideline says 13.7. If this was 14, I'd probably lay the 14 with Arizona and say yeah. it might push. But I mean, yeah. I just think there's a real chance this game lands 14 or 17. Yeah. That hook matters right here. Yeah. And it's just, yeah. it's so many points. Uh, just to loop back to Colorado's schedule, um, obviously, 0 4, their closest loss was 25. They get Cal in two weeks at home. Two weeks after that, they get Arizona State at home. Those are their only chances, uh, other than this one, to lose a game by less than 25 all season. Um, wow. They are almost assuredly going to go winless. Yeah. Um, 
Their last four games are all against ranked opponents. They will not win Oregon, USC, Washington, or Utah. That's a brutal final four games. It is. Uh, and then they have a road trip to Corvallis as well. So not good things for Colorado. But, I mean, this is a chance to at least, like you said, if Cal put up 49 points, put up some points and at least have some fun out there and keep it an yep. interesting-ish ball game. Um, yep. <laughs> it's scary to yep. take the points with Colorado. They haven't been good to me yet. But, yep. yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I just don't think Arizona should be favored by 17 and a half. Yep. Yeah, against yeah. anybody in this conference. Yep. yep. <clears throat> Sticking in the Pac-12, 10:30 Eastern. Arizona State at Southern Cal. We finally have reached the moment where I say I think USC is overrated. They didn't get the cover for us on Saturday. Got close. USC's been an interesting team. Their offense has looked fantastic, and their defense has looked very vulnerable. And then their defense looks pretty good against Oregon State. Their offense looks really questionable. Part of that, of course, is who they're playing. Right. We can't right. just discount that completely. But we saw enough. We've seen enough holes from USC this year to say they are a good team, but they're not a complete team. They're not right. in the same tier as the Georgias and the Ohio States. And they're not even, I think, a poor man's Georgia or a poor man's Ohio State. Right, they have a right. lot of questions on both sides of the ball. And if both sides of the ball show up, they're going to win this game by 42 points. Yeah. If they don't, there's a lot of ways Arizona State can cover this number. Arizona State almost covered against Utah, missed it by one touchdown. I think Arizona State at this point, Again, not a good football team, down to 82nd. I just think that there's enough talent there left that USC has no incentive to run up the score. And with all the questions we've seen on Southern Cal, Stanford would have covered this number. And how how much better is Stanford than Arizona State, right? And so it's one of those where obviously Arizona State's a huge step down from Oregon State. We know that Southern Cal doesn't really have a large home field advantage. We finally hit the point here where I think USC is overvalued. 25 and a half is just too many points, in my opinion. Silence has 22 if I could play 19 and a half with Southern Cal, I would, but 19 and a half and 25 and a half are a long ways apart. Uh, so I'm going to grab the 25 and a half with Arizona State. It's a B grade play. I think USC wins this one. I think they win it comfortably. I think it's a snoozer, but I think in the end, they win by something like 17, 21, 24. Arizona State can get the cover in the game. I don't think they're ever really in, but I think they're going to at least play hard enough to cover such a big number. Uh, total 61, Cousin Jared, what do you got? I hear what you're saying. <laughs> that Arizona State was only one score away from a cover last. It's true, year. those are that's a fact. It, that is a fact, and it, it which which does seem impressive considering it feels like they did nothing in that game. Not they did they Arizona, did nothing in that game. Not not back in Arizona State yeah. here. Uh, that that was you know if you were going to get a bounce from from having Edward uh, you know Herm Edwards being like go. I just needed to see some like something. And again, I know that it was only one score outside the number, but I just don't feel like I saw anything. So yeah. this is, this is one where, you know, that's an ugly number. Don't lay the points here. Don't take the points. Just stay away from this game. Yeah. Arizona state lost by 21 to Utah. It was by 21 here. They covered the number. Uh, Arizona state never, never in that ball game. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the same thing here. I don't think they're ever going to be in this ball game either. Uh, I just don't see USC being a team. Uh, that's really going to try to run up the score here. We saw it against right. Stanford. They didn't really care. I think they're going to be going for interceptions again. Yeah. Uh, I think they're going to be up early. And then at that point. that that That's true that some of the blowouts that USC has had early in the season have been because of those, the number of turnovers they've gotten. And of course, you know, with Rice, all of them being returned. Three for, pick seeming, six. Seem, yeah. Seeming like all of them returned for touchdowns. So I, I will, I will concede that point that some of the scores from the USC games have been a, a tad misleading yeah. you know, from, from how the game actually played out. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course against Fresno state, Hayner being hurt. 
yep. um, affecting yep. the second half of that game. Obviously, USC is a better team. USC is a better team here. Absolutely, I wouldn't say anything yep. otherwise. They should win the game. It's just that's just a lot of points. Um, B grade play for me, grabbing all those. If you give me twenty eight and a half, it'd be an A grade play. But again, twenty eight and a half is right, a long way from right. twenty five and a half too. It's just yep. Yep. Uh, you, you know we're really a long way from any meaningful number difference where I would either feel comfortable backing USC or whether I'd be really confident with Arizona State. USC can win this one handily. Um, it's just going to be at the end. Do they get extra pick sixes like they got against Rice? But otherwise, um, I just see USC having no real desire to win this big. And given the questions we've seen, if they have any questions on offense, that's going to hurt them blowing them away and if they have any questions right. on defense Arizona State all the, they don't need that many points to cover a big number like this so it's one of those where USC right. has to be really firing on all cylinders and they might but I'm gonna literally gamble that USC won't be firing on all cylinders against a game that they know that they're gonna win right it's not really a look ahead spot as much as it is a we escaped that last game and oh we're easily gonna win this one I'm just not sure if they're gonna right. show up and play with a full hundred, the backups would, but I'm not sure the starters are going to go out there and play with full right. motivation because they should walk, be able to wipe the floor with Arizona State just by showing up. Right. All righty. Well, that is the 19 games we're to cover in this episode. We've got two more episodes to go to cover the remaining 39. Because there any parting words for us here to wrap up episode one? No words today. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Check the website if you haven't yet. It's www.pickswiththeprofessor.com. Don't forget to subscribe so you can ensure all the sports betting content we provide on this channel is dropped right into your feed. We'll see you again in a couple days with more college football betting content. Still got MLB content here six days a week. And as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.